might have heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. Welcome to Metal Your Podcast, Metal Tales. This is Ethan Luck. And uh, if you want to do a Metal Tales episode like we're about to do with Mr. Stan Pearl, then what you got to do is jump aboard the Patreon train. I think I said aboard. Aboard the Patreon train. And this is one of the many perks you get for being a patron of Metal Up Your Podcast is you get to go see a Metallica show or talk about one in the past on our show and get featured. It's pretty cool. So without further, further ado, Mr. Stan Pearl is here. Oh, hello, Ethan. Oh, Thank you for having me on. Anytime. <laughs> um, I was here first. Oh. Um, well, so we're talking about Louder Than Life night one. Uh, usually we're trying to, we try to get these out pretty quickly after the show happens, but me and Clint had two shows this weekend. I know you had some stuff going on with traveling back, and so it was a mm-hmm. little tough, but here we are. We're doing it. It's finally coming out today, which is Tuesday the 28th, and uh, Clint will shortly be putting out uh, night number two. So, uh, yeah, man, so... Like we do always, let's uh, let's kind of briefly run through your your Metallica origin story before we talk about Louder Than Life because it's a, a really cool set that they played. You know, no repeat songs yeah. on from night one to night two, and uh, the whole experience just seemed awesome. And uh, but yeah, let's kind of get your origin story with the band and and uh, how you discovered them, favorite record, first record, all those good deets. Favorite record, first record. Uh, okay. Um, well, first let me say I just wanted to say thank you for the for doing this. Um, to you and Ethan, because our Clint, me and Ethan, um, <laughs> you and Ethan. Hello, me. <laughs> Great. Now I've got my, <laughs> I got my own outlaw torn bit already. Ready, ready Perfect. to go. Um, I just want to thank you guys for doing this because I mean I listen to a lot of other podcasts. Um, shocker, and you know you never hear of the host doing things like this right. and how accessible and approachable you guys are with the band or with the fans and see, I'm sort of off to a great start. <laughs> no, um, high pressure. But it, <laughs> it just made me feel like you guys are, have that spirit that Lars has, you know, mm-hmm. and how fan friendly you guys are. And it's just, you know, it's awesome. So I just want to appreciate you guys for that. Well, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, we, me and Clint have been in bands for so many years and that's, you know, that this, the way I treat the podcast is the way I, I, I treated bands I've been in, you know, it's like, you know, you have fans or in this case listeners. And, and so you just, you know, you want to be approachable and you want to, you know, be fan friendly, so to speak. And, and I think it makes it, you know, the podcast more genuine and, and, and uh, right. maybe a little more unique. Cause you're right. There are a lot of podcasts out there where, where you know, you're never going to meet Joe Rogan right. or who, you know what I mean? Or, <laughs> because we're as big as him, of course. But, um, but no, I appreciate <laughs> the kind words, man. You're, you're welcome, sure. I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, it, it means a lot to us. So um, yeah, origin story. So my onboarding was about 93, 94, kind of fuzzy about that because it was my last year of Little League. And at that point, I was into classic rock, thanks to my dad, you know, uh, he was a Hendrix, Zeppelin, Beatles kind of guy. So I was into that stuff, Aerosmith um, and whatnot. Um, and then during little league practice, chilling in the outfield, uh, one day my buddy goes, and we're talking music. What are you into? And he's like, have you heard of Metallica? I said, well, I've, I'm familiar with enter Sandman on the radio, but I've never listened to them at that point in my mind, heavy metal was dangerous, you mm-hmm. know? And I'd heard things on TV where, Oh, a fan got hurt at a Metallica concert or something like that. And in my head, I'm going, Oh, yikes. I, I don't know about this but uh yeah he turned me on to it he gave me the black album so he let me borrow his cd and that was the current album at the time um so i went home and kind of my background at the time with with music and my parents because i have you know a pretty religious background and at that time they're not like this as much now but you know they were like 
not accepting of <laughs> I'm sure. secular music and especially metal. It had a really bad you know reputation still at that time and <laughs> in a lot of ways still does. But, sure. Um, so I had to sneak it and they were out and I went into my parents' bedroom and they had a CD boom box, listened to Enter Sandman first, obviously. And I thought, yeah, this is cool. I've heard this a little bit before. I like it. But then, you know, Sad But True hits and it changed everything. It almost instantly, those first beats, those first heavy chord drops in my mind is just blown. Oh, yeah. And I'm hooked. I'm hooked and really hooked for life at that point, although I didn't know it. Um, And it was just magic. I loved it. And then the next track and the next track and the next track were all the same. Like, well, this is amazing. This is amazing. I just kept going. Yeah. And the whole album was just mind-blowing gold for me. And that was it for life. Yeah, That's man. what made, made me who I am today f- from that point forward. It really sucks. I mean, that record especially, I mean, for, uh, for me as well, like, you know, even though I, I saw the one video first and, but it wasn't until I started like buying music that, you know, my first purchase was Master of Puppets. But then when the Black Album came out, it was like, oh my God, like, yeah. this is insane. You know, like, and yeah. every, every song was good, you know, um, yeah, it, it, like you're right though. It, like a record like that can easily suck someone in because it, it's a, that high quality. Yeah, yeah, and it's just an amazing time to reflect on that now. In the middle of all this Black Album celebration, I'm just feeling those moments from back then too. And it's there's a lot of nostalgia involved, but still, it's just so top quality, so high quality. It's it's uh, what can what else could I say? Right. Keep. So. Um, I think at that point I had some good buddies that were into metal and, you know, from our little league team. And once we got into high school, we were still friends and they were playing music, you know, um, they had a little band, Sans a drummer, <laughs> just guitar players right. and a bass player. Been there. So, so I just hung out with them. I didn't play at that, at that point, but I just loved being around it. They said, Hey, you need to explore the earlier albums, you know, get into justice puppets and on, on back. So I did, and again, just mind-blowing blow, experience, album after album. I just was in love. Um, still am, obviously. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it was just this huge world of wealth that I never knew existed. Yeah. It was great. So my first uh, album purchase was Kill em All. Um, it was a local, actually, you might know from, because we're both from Southern California. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if up in your area uh, they had Music Trader. Did you guys have those? I remember Music Trader, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a used music store. Yeah. You know, well, new stuff too, but you could go in. They had CDs. I don't really remember if vinyl was big back then, but I dig through those used bins and I happened across Kill 'em All, the version with. Um, Am I Evil and Blitzkrieg on? Oh, yeah. That was the first one I ever heard, too. And I didn't know that was a special version. So, did you think they were Metallica songs like I did? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. (laughs) I wasn't really hip to what a cover song was when I was that young. You know, like, I mean, maybe I did. You know, I'm I'm, I'm sure I maybe I guess I knew what a cover song was, but like, because I'd never heard that record and I didn't know who those bands were they were covering, I just thought, oh, these are great Metallica songs. Yeah. Same. So, and again, I didn't know it was a special CD version that I had, but um, yeah, I went and snuck that into the house and hid that in a bottom of a drawer somewhere, but loved the heck out of it. So that was my first uh, album and I guess favorite. Golly, how do you pick a favorite? It's I mean, tough. it can rotate. Yeah, it rotates normally. Ride the lightnings at the top. Yeah. But lately master of puppets has been at the top yeah i just feel like those are like the twin towers of (laughs) they really are man i mean those two back to back are just insane you know and clint's favorite you know clint's favorite is red lightning mine's always master of puppets but you know i go through long phases where i i'm i won't even listen to master puppets for months you know yeah like lately i've been spinning the black album a lot on my turntable just because it's that time of year you know the anniversary (laughs) and all that stuff and it's the most wonderful time of the year um (laughs) But yeah, uh, it is interesting though to, to even consider like another favorite record. Like sometimes it could be Justice. It has gone back and forth between Puppets and, and Justice. But sure, at the end of the day, if if I had to take a woman talk record, you know, to live my life on a desert island, it would be Master of Puppets. It would have to be. Yeah, 
I, I agree. Uh, I think sonically it's, it's perfect. I love Cliff's composition. There's so many of Cliff's work on Ride the Lightning. That's amazing too. But I think solely because of Orion, it might edge uh, Ride the Lightning out. Yeah. Orion is pretty so incredible. It's beautiful. It yeah. gets me every time. It really is, man. Especially the whole bridge um, section that starts with his bass by itself into the guitar harmonies is just, just outstanding. Like, yeah. I mean, in, 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 you know, in a compos- composition kind of way, you know, it's, you don't even think of that as a metal band at that point, you know? No. And what was great was as the years go on, you learned, I learned more and more um, about what Cliff was actually doing on there. Like, he, that's a, that's a bass solo. Uh, oh yeah, the, the, you know, on Orion. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember early on in, in in the the birth of the podcast. Like, I mean, it was I think it was maybe our our Cliff Burton episode or maybe our Master of Puppets episode, which was like what we launched with essentially. Um, I remember telling Clint that that oh that part there's a bass solo and he <laughs> it blew him away. I mean, it's that's what's cool about a band like this, man. Is that I feel like as long as we've all been fans, you still discover cool things about them. Yeah, that maybe you didn't know the, before. It's it's awesome. I mean, what else can you say? It's just such such a gold mine. Yeah, for sure, absolutely is. Um, I think uh, I just my favorite or my first concert uh, with Metallica. If I could just comment on that one, yeah, real sure. quick, Is uh, was real special to me. Um, it was my first concert ever, and it just happened to me in Metallica. Yeah. Um. So 1996, Irvine Meadows. Yeah. Um, this is the tour with Soundgarden in their, you know, still in their prime. Um, even the last year of the Ramones. So I got to see the Ramones, Cool. which at the time I didn't know that was going to be it. Um, it was just such a special surreal experience. You know, it's an outdoor amphitheater, as you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm up in the cheap seats, but we're having the time of our lives, seeing oh, sure. our favorite band finally in person. Um, it was James's birthday, so we got to see the pie at the end, which was super fun. That's awesome. Um, but the real uh, gem for me that I didn't n- learn to appreciate until like now is that um, part of his birthday celebration at the end is they brought Lemmy out to play Overkill with them. Oh, that's awesome. Right? That's so uh, cool. I-, I think of it now like I wish I could have appreciated that more, but uh, there – that concert is out there on YouTube, mm-hmm. like in full somehow. Someone so just brought their camcorder. Get, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Camcorders for all. And it, it's just fun to relive that, you know, that era. Yeah, so. man. And I mean, yeah, I mean, speaking of, you know, great venues, I mean, I, you know, I, I grew up going to that amphitheater too, you know, and I saw right. all sorts of great shows there and then eventually became Verizon Wireless and now it's a neighborhood. Um, oh, man. Yeah. The last time I was out in California, I remember coming down four or five freeway and mm-hmm. looking over where you used to, you used to see the marquee on the side of the freeway. So you could see what was coming up show wise. Yeah. And obviously that's gone. And I remember looking over and now it's just hills of, uh, like condos oh, and stuff man. like that. And, and there was wild rivers water park right there. Yes. Right next to it, there. which, which was, which yeah. was one of my first jobs by the way. Oh, cool. I worked there. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I saw so many great shows there growing up. I saw Van Halen, well, Van Hagar, I saw them there with Skid. It was them and Skid Row with Sebastian Bach. Still wow. great. I saw Rage Against the Machine there. Oh man! I saw Sting there. Um, I saw Pearl Jam there. Uh, all sorts of great wow. shows, man, over the years. And uh, but I remember that Lollapalooza. Yeah. I was super jealous. I couldn't go to that. You know, that was like uh, <sighs> I wasn't touring yet. I was. I graduated high school that year, but um, it was just. Uh, do you remember what what time of year that was? It was, it was summertime. But what month off the top of your head? Oh, well, August 3rd, okay. since it was James's birthday. Right, right. Okay, true. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I don't know why I wouldn't have gone. Maybe it was already sold out or mm. something, and I didn't really, you know. And, and back then it was tough. You know, you don't have iPhones, and you're not getting oh, yeah. alerts. Like, you would hear about Lollapalooza, but it, it wasn't unless you maybe walked into, like, Tower Records or something, or Sam Goody, or you remember Music Plus, mm-hmm. that place? Mm-hmm. Uh, you would see, like, upcoming concerts next to, like, the new releases. and Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what a great, you know, what a great venue to see it at, and I've you know fortunately i got to play on the on that stage too twice you know before oh it was, no way yeah i did it once with kings of leon and then once with my old band the supertones so dude yeah. that's that's crazy to go that's kind of like uh i think metallica talked about going to day on the green before playing day on the green mm-hmm. or that that kind of vibe 
uh, I would love to experience that one day. Yeah, man. But one other show that was great at Irvine Meadows was I went to Ozfest '97. Awesome. With uh, that was the Black Sabbath reunion year. Yeah. Pantera had played, which is my only time seeing Pantera. So just a lot of good memories that I, you know, it's saddened to hear that it's not there anymore. It's but. not. Yeah, it's definitely not there anymore. And I remember uh, when I when I played there last with Kings, it was I guess it was 2016, maybe 17. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> that was the last year they were having shows there. Because I remember them talking, someone backstage talking about how they were going to tear it down. I was like, oh man. And then the next few times I was out on the road, I'd always, you know, uh, either from the freeway or if I was just had a rental car and was driving around, I would drive by it. And then one day it was just gone. I was like, ah, so much history there. But and it's so weird because it's like it's it's typical Orange County, like they're tearing it down to build a bunch of condos. And then they're I'm pretty sure they've already built another amphitheater somewhere else in Irvine or somewhere nearby. I'm like, okay, what was the point? (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Um, Remind Um, me, what, what where did you grow up in California? What city? San Diego. Awesome. Yeah, we're awesome. Yeah, awesome. born and raised. Um, moved out to Oklahoma when I was about twenty nine. Okay, so, which is uh, thirteen years ago. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we're around, <laughs> we're around the same age. So, uh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. A, lot, a lot of good music out of San Diego too. I mean, a, a lot of I have a lot of friends that are from there that have had awesome bands or have awesome bands. So like Switchfoot or yeah, Dogwood. Or was a, a good one yeah. from San Diego. Those are good buddies of mine. Uh, Josh Love especially. Dogwood. Um, a small even, tiny, tiny band called Blink-182 you've never, probably never heard of uh, Rocket yeah, from the Crypt sounds familiar there's so many yes. good bands Rocket's one of my favorite bands I've, I gush over them any chance I get but I, I saw them once at a street scene in San Diego you know like a they t- those festivals that take over downtown mm-hmm. which is super fun I saw uh, I saw them briefly so I don't, I'm not too familiar but I do know yeah. they they were a local like I don't know if you heard of Sprung Monkey that oh, was yeah. another band that it was popular in the area so man yeah those are bucko nine bucko nine that's from that's right that's from san diego love bucko nine. <clears throat> that's awesome great man. ska band yeah absolutely yeah yeah and as if anybody uh, if anybody out there is listening that grew up in southern california at any point in the 90s you probably like ska music <laughs> it's huge oh yeah in southern california oh, but absolutely even I still love even it. before it like blew up with the with the Boston's and stuff like that you know um right you know especially up in orange county it was like you know we like, no doubt were, was like our you know our little treasure that we held and then they got huge and still one of my favorite oh bands. yeah yeah uh, man. An- anaheim band yeah and like i remember being you know teenager all us metal heads long hair and love the hard stuff the most ironic thing is that we'd show up to the bucko nine and ska shows and get down and skank with the rest of the <laughs> best of them man it was great as a bunch of bunch of metalheads skank dancing <laughs> i love it <laughs> <laughs> well dude let's uh let's kind of dip into the louder than life show night one um yeah there was definitely a lot of fomo happening with me and clint <laughs> on this one man because not only could we not go because we have to play we had to play with morgan that night we literally drove right past louisville on the same day because we played oh, in no. ashland kentucky that day and so you know when we get on bluegrass parkway it's called to go out towards lexington and then it was a little bit past there where we were playing i remember looking at, at google maps and i was like dude we we're so close and i texted a few pe- uh, the other listeners you know i was like uh i can't <laughs> believe this we're so close and we can't make it happen and then of course the next night we couldn't come because you know we had a, another show back here but uh man it looked real it looked real fun and i remember just like seeing you know excited for the set list because they've been they've been kind of boasting about that for a while like you know two unique set lists no overlapping songs so uh yeah so kind of walk us through like your journey to louder than life and, and sure. who you're with or whatever ever you want to talk about <clears throat> well it almost never happened because i thought i've never traveled for a concert like by flight you know it's mm-hmm. always been a regional drive maybe a few hours at best at sure. most so i in my mind i'm like there's no way you know, I don't have the money for this or what have you. Um, but thanks to, you know, my junkie Metallica friends uh, encouragement and um, my amazing wife, uh, Beth, she's just incredible. She came to me and said, you need to do this. Awesome. She said, she goes, we'll make it work. You know, there's ways we can make it happen, but you got to go to this. And I'm thinking, what, what, how are you, why are you talking me into it? Yeah. But uh, she's just the most incredible um, partner a, a person could ask for. She she knows me. She knows how much I love this band, and mm-hmm. uh, we made it work somehow. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so just to get in the door 
uh, in the first place was a miracle. And, and I'm just, you know, I, anticipation is going crazy from that point on. Um, I guess just fast forward to, you know, through all the anticipation on the discord server and yeah. talking to texting with friends um, and just not really having any much expectations, even though we talked a lot about, Oh, they'll do the black album front to back or what have you, or back to front. I never really knew what to expect. Right. So um, usually I overhype it in my mind, but this time I did not. And yeah. So um, every day inch closer, I'm like, something's going to go wrong. Something's going to, yeah, it's not going to happen. Away. And then it just progressively kept happening and working flawlessly. The entire weekend was just, wonderful awesome um starting with you know my flight from because going from oklahoma city to houston um i get a text from angelo angelo gonzalez yeah and he says hey i think randy alanis is is on your on your plane who is uh hardwired to kill them all yeah uh, the we tribute band yeah, we had him on the show yeah houston uh club chapter i said okay so the guy sitting next to i guess his name is ross has a green hat on. I, I look up the plane. I look down the plane. I don't see this guy. A few minutes later, I, my gaze just lifts up, and they're right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Amazing. So I tap him on the shoulder, hold up my phone. Hey, is that you? That's awesome. And he, his mind's just blown. And it's tough because we're, you know, we're wearing face masks. And we're not sitting next to each other. So right. But it was. He was, you know, he was wonderful. After uh, we landed, we talked for a good five ten minutes, and he's. He's just an awesome guy. I just yeah, Randy's awesome. Really enjoyed him. We had a great, um, great he, conversation with him, man. He he was a, a sweetheart, and uh, and they're a kick-ass cover band too, by the way. Yeah, he's big time sweetheart. So, and he's trying to talk me into <laughs> starting a chapter here in Oklahoma because we don't got one. So, maybe, maybe, maybe. There you go. But that's a great uh, omen for the weekend. I think you know. Absolutely. Um. So. So yeah, so another cool thing was the Airbnb we're staying at um, was on Pearl Street, which is my last name. Perfect. Uh, Anthony Broom is the one I was rooming with, and he he found that. And then the the name of the loft was the Big Four Loft, of course. It was actually called that. It was called the Big Four. No joke. And and it, it, like so on Airbnb when you book it, it says the Big Four Loft. Mm-hmm. And did it seem like it was a reference to Metallica or just there's four beds or something? Or I think I remember seeing some sort of, it might be a like the name of that part of the town or like a shopping center kind of area. Cause I remember seeing a signs at the big four something. Oh, okay. So I think it was wow. a reference to, to that, but we're just like, Oh yeah, this is the place. <laughs> like what are the odds? Come on. All these, right? all these signs so far are pointing that it's going to be a great weekend. Yeah. So we get there. Of course, we had to explore the big four and get a, get our bearings. Uh, they had a, uh, a stereo set up with vinyl and records. And I mean, it was just cool. Um, that's awesome. They had a autographed live Brandy Carlisle album there that we jammed. Oh, that's right. I think we were discussing that on Discord. Yeah. From Ben and Royal Hall in Seattle. Yeah. And, and I, I've done that with her, but not on that record. Dude, it was really good. She's amazing. I enjoyed it. Yeah. She's really, oh, she's yeah. a great artist. Uh, definitely on my shopping list now. Oh yeah, sure. her last her last record was so good. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it just incredible. And then uh, her new one, actually, I haven't even dipped into it yet, but I'm sure it's nothing short of amazing because she's a great writer. Yeah, her and the, her and the twins. I can't wait to uh, to dive in, but um, yeah, I mean, we didn't really have much time. I mean, uh, we dropped our bags, and the festival had already been started, so. Uh, the guy I was uh, hanging out with the most, uh, Mike Dvorak, he is a guy I've known for a long time. Um, his wife and I are best friends dating back years. Cool. So um, that's how I got to know him. And neither of them, the wives, were Metallica fans <laughs> for a long time. Right. His still isn't. Mine is. Uh, Beth is transitioning nicely. And they were there. But no. It oh, was just, oh. Uh, I see. Well, his wife, not a fan. My wife. Uh, doesn't have the the health stamina for that kind of activity. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, he and I have been good buddies and he's the one who turned me on to metal up your podcast. Cool. So yeah. Uh, after my show in Tulsa 2019, he said, Hey, check out this podcast. They do these shows about the, the, the tour and stuff. Metal tales, obviously. Yeah. 
and uh, it was the one you had Sarah Sobeck was on doing the Tulsa show. Mm-hmm. So that was my first uh, gateway to, to you guys, and I just was hooked ever since then. Awesome, man. Well, we're addictive. Yeah. <laughs> we're, well, like, sense- we're like really good heroin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so that's uh, so my buddy Mike and I head down to uh, the festival grounds, um, which was no small feat in and of itself. First thing you do when you get through the gate, there's, you know, merch tents, but Metallica's merch tent is right up in front. Mm-hmm. No, no, uh, I'm not without design, I'm sure. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, so I jumped right into that. Seven Dust is playing and I can see them in the distance and um, yeah, I got to grab some tour merch and then, um, yeah, just kind of, this was Thursday, by the way, the first day of the, the festival. Right. Um. So I, w- I like to get all the merch stuff out of the way, you know, just get it yeah, done. Yeah, that's a good call. So then you're not, you're not holding it the whole time or you're not like, you know, fighting a huge crowd as the festival's letting out, you know, it's best to get it as early as possible. And stuff running out because they had these 30th anniversary or 40th anniversary coins, which are really cool. Oh, cool. Um, and they were selling out by the end of the night. Wow. Yeah. They're all uh, practically gone. You can get one on eBay for $5,000. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so we actually met another Discord user there, happened to be floating around named Ian Hatfield. Uh, cool. Lmex56 on the Discord. Uh, great to meet him. I think he's from Mexico City, he said. And uh, he was just one of our buddies the whole weekend. Yeah. And it was great to get to know him and great hang time. Uh, we go straight to see Anthrax. So my first time seeing them live. Um, awesome. Um, Anthrax isn't hasn't really been my favorite of the big four, but I still like them. Sure. Um, and this was my last big four band. I, I needed to see live. So I was uh, okay. But the mood in the festival, probably all weekend, but right away felt to me like, Hey, we have not seen shows for two years and we're all letting it out right now. Yeah. Cause it was, it was a party atmosphere. People were in costumes. People were going wild as I'll talk about here more in a, sure. in a bit. But um, I I was so pumped. I jumped into the mosh pit. I mean, for the first time in maybe 20, 25 years. I, <laughs> I know. I couldn't help it. I have zero desire to do that, by the way. But yeah, well, I just, yeah. like you said, I mean, the atmosphere was probably infectious. You know, it's like, oh, screw it. I'm, I'm jumping in. Oh, yeah. Anthrax was ripping. I couldn't help it. I hadn't seen music in two years. I said, I, said, I don't care. Um, it was muddy, by the way, because it had rained the night before. So there was... A muddy mosh pit, which might have slowed it down, which probably worked in my favor. <laughs> but it was great. Um, there was people in like death metal face paint that looked like they were on something, maybe um, a death metal referee. Wow! For some reason, I mean that's a good that's a good outfit. I mean they're always wearing white <laughs> and black makeup, right? Yeah, exactly. He was refing the mosh pit. Either that, um, or he, if you dressed up like a zebra and then had black metal face paint, that worked. Yeah. Too. Um, we had Jesus. He was moshing it up with us, and okay. um, a Amen. guy in a chicken, guy in a giant chicken suit. <laughs> it was the Lord and his flock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, I was impressed with Anthrax's energy. Um, Joey Belladonna was just all over the stage. Yeah. Everybody's just awesome. So yeah, I really Joey enjoyed can still that. sing his ass off, man. It's crazy. Like, no he's kidding. Still really good. Well, you know, I don't want to steal whoever's doing the metal tales uh, night two thunder, but freaking Rob Halford. Holy, holy hell. That guy still has it. I, I, I don't know. I'm speechless. Like his pipes are brilliant. That's amazing. They're, they're, I, I was surprised. He looks, you know, he's an old man. He's got a big white Santa Claus beard. Yeah. He's not moving around super fast, but his voice was as good as I could have imagined that's know? great so, man i'll have to watch some clips on youtube of, of his performance i know kirk played with him too yes yeah and again i won't comment i'll just say i loved that that's awesome yeah hopefully uh hopefully the next uh, metal tales episode we'll, we'll cover that if, yeah if I not we'll so. do a follow-up five minute episode about that performance <laughs> it was a super cool surprise definitely but but yeah um it, overall to see so many bands out there that are my age or older mm-hmm. still doing it was so inspiring for sure me. So that was that was nice. That's so um, awesome, man. Yeah. So then 
like there's so much to do on the festival grounds. Like it was Disneyland for guys like us, you know, mm-hmm. just everywhere was something of interest. Um, I went to the AMS tent, which is I think American Musical Supply, the online kind of gear, musicians gear kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, they had like a jam tent, so they had instruments set up. You could go play bass, guitar. The Metallica boys had prominent displays with their gear and stuff cool. like that. Um, there's bar after bar after, you know, tent oh, after tent with oh, bourbon, 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 bourbon. Oh, you're in Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I did a bourbon, um, but, I did a bourbon tasting that same day at our, at our show too. Oh, nice. They had I, a, a bourbon tasting set up for like, like a little backstage VIP area. It was pretty, pretty cool. Ooh, fun. Well, I wanted to do like a local bourbon place, but I was so focused on blackened because they had a really cool bar set up cool um and i got some drinks there which was my first taste of blackened oh nice great it's really yeah. good yeah yeah i loved it real smooth loved it um but the display in front was super cool because uh james hatfield's uh ranch truck was outfitted like with black and logo and it was oh, all awesome. painted in black and so forth had barrels in the back um I, they had a sign talking about it in front, but it, it was something that he actually used on his ranch. Wow, that's awesome. Um, that he donated to Blacken. So, yeah, it was fun to get pictures with that. And they had all these road cases, Metallica road cases, which, mm-hmm. you know, growing up watching year and a half videos and you're seeing all these road cases. Oh, man. Yeah. Or, or, really cool. I mean, I think most of the road cases, as far as what I've seen in, in person, they still like they're they're either like still around from back then or they they always if they need new ones they get the same color and stencil it and it always yeah. looks like the binge and purge box set you know yeah so it was fun uh, that there was one of the boxes that was only there thursday i didn't see it the other days and i posted on my instagram i think it has um make handwriting that said megadeth and dave mustaine like on around the metallica logo oh funny. Like, I don't know if that was a crew thing or whatever, but I did that. <laughs> that was me. Dave Mustaine a cameo at Louder Than Light. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of like the general vibe going. It's just a festival party. And it's just so much fun is in the air. And um, we checked out another band called Knocked Loose, which is a pretty cool. But the ESP tent was also fun because they had, like, they called it the unreleased festival preview of his camo snake bite oh they're they're, they're like releasing one for sale or whatever yeah and it according to the sign it wasn't for sale yet but it was gorgeous in person oh that's cool my goodness there was a point a long time ago when i first uh, lived in nashville um the first time i was here for only two years oh one to oh three that uh i had this stratocaster and i traded it Foolishly, I think I've talked about this on the show. I used to have a 1981 Explorer that was so nice. Kind of beat up in a good way and all that stuff. And um, I traded it for this Strat, this like 1980 Strat. And uh, I don't know why, because every time I think I want a Stratocaster, I don't. And so <laughs> so yeah. I, I take it down to uh, this famous guitar shop called Gruen's Guitars, because I had a friend that worked at the time. And I just wanted to see maybe what it was worth. And as the dude that's like that does like the appraisals or whatever there, like as he's coming down the stairs, I'm looking up on the wall and there's a, a Gibson camo explorer. Oh wow. And I was like, dude, what if I can get enough for this and just buy that? Just make a trade or whatever. And then of course the the uh as the story goes, the guy was like, Um, that neck is legit, that's not a fender body. And I didn't mm. know I didn't know any better at the time. And so I basically got ripped off in that trade deal <sighs> back in California and essentially this guitar was worth like maybe two or three hundred bucks because of the neck and that was it <laughs> but i was like oh i want a camel snake or uh, not snake bite of the explorer so bad but maybe i'll get a, a camel snake bite one day they're pretty cool looking of course awesome. they have other cool guitar car, guitars in there but i don't want to go into too much detail yeah. just, it was just an awesome sight to see what's the explorer uh, you have in your in your music room there oh is that a bass it, yeah that is an explorer bass it's got a wood body so kind of like carl a little bit but right. for bass um i got it from a guy on ebay that makes custom like basses and guitars and stuff cool. it was the only place i could find something like this in my price range 
So it's got Gibson, like, I don't know. Well, not just hardware, but it's got the Gibson body and hard stock headstock. Yeah. I'm not really sure because I couldn't get out of him like where the pickups were from and right. he, he just wasn't super detailed. It's a secret. But the pickups are terrible. So <laughs> it's gonna get it's gonna get upgraded. But for now it looks cool. It makes yeah. me feel like James Hetfield for a few minutes and it's very cool. Threw on a sticker that instead of the you know, the eat fuck sticker they got I called it uh eat fun. Eat fun, there you just, go. Just as a nod to have fun always, just eat it up and That's just right. go up on stage and have fun, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so at the festival, you, you said you were running around with a couple people. Was was uh, Anthony? You were rooming with Anthony. Was he cruising around with you throughout the day, or did you guys split off? Um, on Thursday, no, because he was he and his brother Patrick were still traveling. Okay. Um, so it's just me and Mike and Ian on Thursday. Um, but yeah, throughout the the rest of the weekend, we were all hanging tight cool doing breakfast doing lunch doing music you know um super awesome anthony is is a doll i just love him and his brother so much that's awesome yeah and for those that don't know but should know by now anthony is one that created our discord page originally yeah yeah and also did a metal tales with me (laughs) yeah um so we also saw a secret tent next to the esp tent that I forget the name of it, but they were selling classic metal shirts and I saw a shortest straw up there. And I said, Oh God, I've been dying for that one. Not in my size, but I did get a Doris, I think a damaged justice type of shirt. Nice. So not a, not a tour shirt, but it was a super bonus. That's awesome. Yeah. And they were selling vinyl. Oh yeah. Did you pick up something? So I did. Cause they had an as is section for like 10 and $15 yeah. records. So I got the new Gojira album for 15 bucks. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Super stoked. Although I had to, because we were going to see Corn next, and I had to hold that and protect it the whole time. Yeah. That's the downside <laughs> of getting merch in the middle of a festival, especially vinyl. It's like, you're not getting in the pit now, you know? Yeah. Well, I didn't. Um, but we went to see Corn. I was absolutely blown away. I'd only kind of, they've kind of been in my peripheral music vision for all these years. Right. Liked a few, didn't like some, but just didn't know them. Uh, I came away from that one going, well, I'm in, I'm on board. I'm a fan. Yeah. This, this stuff was great. Their energy, their performance, just awesome. I enjoyed the heck out of it. That's awesome, man. Um, well, yeah, so, uh, let's, let's jump into the set list here because this is pretty insane, man. Um, yeah. You know, as we talked about before, Metallica were, were promoting this as, you know, and really they were doing this, you know, pre-pandemic and everything got canceled. But, you know, the whole deal was like, you know, t- unique set lists at all these. You yeah. Know? And it's interesting to think that, so like this this show, for instance, originally was supposed to happen in 2020. Now, right. if it was going to be two unique set lists last year, I don't know if they, w- they wouldn't have done the Black Album front to back. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. it, it wouldn't have been the 30 year anniversary last year. So I wonder if it would have, it, how different it would have been had it not gotten canceled last year. That is, man, a really good thought. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Inspector but, Gadget over here, no big deal. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm now thinking that we were very fortunate mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. For sure, man. Um, well, and I, you know, the, just this morning I was watching a, a bunch of just. You know, most of it was kind of crappy cell phone footage, you know, which is always annoying because it's like somebody trying to have fun and film and their phone is just moving around like crazy. And, right. You know, but I found a couple of decent ones. There was a few songs I wanted to watch, you know, like Cyanide and No Leaf Clover and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, um, but, man, this is a pretty rad set list. I mean, it is very similar to what they did in Chicago and in San Francisco, sure. the club shows, but the, a couple exceptions, of course. But, um, but man, I mean, what a great. The, the, me and Clint were talking about this actually when we were uh, on the road in Kentucky is that, you know, this one, we'll read through it, obviously, but there's no Black Album tracks at all. None. Just crazy to think that they played in front of a festival crowd and didn't play Inner Sandman. Right. That's just mind-blowing. You think they'd at least throw that in there. and it, But but here's the beauty, is all this still works just fine, because they still have massive songs in here, like The Memory Remains, and uh, I would say even No Leaf Clover, Fade to Black, Puppets, Battery, you know what I mean? Like, it's... That's yeah. the power of this band and their music is that you could leave off any Black Album track, all the Black Album tracks, and it's still going to be an insanely good set. 
Yeah, and that was one of the more unique points about it. It felt just fresh, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, with the shows we go to, you see those staples all the time and to not hear them and to hear something in its place that is not maybe typical. Mm -hmm. whew, it was mind blowing. Right. Um, but yeah, this was actually my first time on the rail too. Um, so my expectations going in were just leave them at the door, you know. Yeah. Um, I'd never been on the rail before, never seen them up close, never done a meet and greet or anything like that. My closest is probably seeing Newstead play with his band, um, like seven, eight years ago, but nothing, always the ant view from mm -hmm. the nosebleeds is all I could afford. How early but, before they played, did you have to go claim your spot? Well, uh, Tritalica was there at like 6am or 630 and when I saw that waking up, I was like, oh, no, I'm, there's no way I can make that early. We got there maybe 11.15, doors open or gates open at 1, so maybe an hour and 40 minutes early. And there was also a really big, already a big line. I was feeling super bummed. Yeah. Um, I was texting some of my buds in Discord going, I'm so discouraged. I, I geared up as early as I could for this. And now it's not going to happen. And yeah, right. They were just enc encouraging me as good friends do. And so you never know, maybe something will change. And sure enough, you know, um, it a spot did open up in a way. Although uh, first, first before that, Edgar uh, rolled up and with his camera. And I got to talk to him for a good five, ten minutes. And Edgar's awesome, yeah. Another doll. I mean, I just met so many great people from, you know, this community. And it's really fun to meet these people, certain people in person too. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, for us, it's, you know, almost five years of, of getting to know people, whether it's through email and now discord or mm -hmm. social media and stuff. And so, you know, we started experiencing the face to face meeting stuff when we started throwing our anniversary parties and it's just a trip to like, not only meet people you've been conversing with for a while, but then there's people we haven't met in person yet that I feel like I have. Yeah. You know, because we've we've just exchanged so you know so much banter or whatever, whether it's, you know on, on Discord or through DMs or whatever. So, so yeah, it's a, it, and not only is that a cool feeling in general, but I mean, at a Metallica show, it's like even better. Yeah, and that's something I want, wanted to share. Like, kind of at the end of the set list thing was because most of the Discord and Metallica friends that I have, um, we sh we hung out for the second show. Mm -hmm. But um, the first show was just as thrilling, you know, um, seeing Edgar and then having a true interrupt our conversation. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah. True Anon was there. Oh, and would not stop talking and wasn't didn't even have a ticket. I don't know how this guy was there. Oh, my gosh. But uh, Edgar and I are just looking at each other every once in a while like, oh, this guy won't stop. How do we get out of this? Oh, that's the worst. Uh, he he liked to talk about the new bassist Robert Trujillo. The oh good <laughs> Trujillo, the the new so, guy. So that tells you about all you ne we needed to know uh, about that conversation. Yeah, but, no joke, man. Oh, the new guy that's been in the band for eighteen years. Yeah, he uh, just wouldn't stop talking. But yeah, it's it's cool. We're he's pumped. We're pumped. Whatever. Um, so anyway, the gates open. Then they have like a secondary gate era area. Um, that sealed off the state, the two main stages, which I didn't expect. Cause as soon as I got through the gate, I ran my butt off all the way. <laughs> and then happened to get one person be behind just one person at that second gate. And then we had to wait another hour oh, man. for them to release that. So yeah. So we're like chomping at the bit We're we're, are stretching our calves. Like everybody's prepared to bolt. Mm -hmm. As soon as they let the gates go, I ran as hard as I've ever run in my life. To that rail because my mission was to get to that rail for one time in my life <laughs> uh, it's and it's it's pretty thrilling once you're there man yes oh my gosh yes i had just one person in front of me i didn't quite beat everybody but um toward the by the three or four bands into it that person uh left so i was on the rail the actual official rail awesome so, so exciting um but yeah lots of cool bands like i got I don't want to talk too much about the other bands, but just real quick, Avatar. You got to check those guys out if yeah. you haven't. Okay. Super theatrical. They're from Sweden. Uh, absolute blast. Really hooky stuff. 
um, I had, I had really loved seeing those guys. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, during Avatar and Kill Switch Engage, the crowd just like went to another level of yeah. insane. Um, so if you've been at the rail before, especially at a festival, uh, especially a festival after two years of nothing, it was wild to I'll say bet. the least. I am still in pain. I've got <laughs> bruises everywhere from being pushed up against, not just pushed, I mean, slammed against the rail. Yeah, I'm sure, man. Trying to push to get yourself some air and maintain your spot and get yeah. kicked in the head over and over by crowd surfers who I now despise with all my every fiber <laughs> of my being. That really is, I mean, as, as much fun as crowd surfing is, to everybody else, when you're trying to watch the show and a, a boot hits you in the face, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Can we please stop this? But, um, but it is exciting to be on the real man. When we, when me and Clint, you know, we went down to Birmingham to watch and, and with Paul to watch, um, to watch Metallica, we met up with Sarah Sobek and Pete and then we were on the rail cool. too. And that was the first time I'd ever done that. And like with that setup, it's like James had, you know, six different microphones on the stage or whatever. And just to be able to like, when he's on the microphone, like, seven feet from us was just oh my god yeah. but there's like my hero right there yeah so crazy man it's it's I, there's no words to describe it especially after like um you know for me it was almost 30 years of never getting anywhere beyond the nosebleeds mm -hmm. you know 30 years of obsessing over a year and a half in the life of metallica every video you can get your hands on of course and just dreaming of getting close because they're your heroes and um you know when they come out for the first time that close like i got emotional man oh I absolutely admit, i was like oh, oh my god they're there they're in the flesh they're blinking and moving and breathing like mm -hmm. like a human being and they're right there it, um, it, it, it really is a trip man i remember the first time i saw them i had that same feeling and i was just like i was just it's overwhelming in a way yeah. you know or it's like uh you know, you don't, you, you just want time to slow down while you're watching the set, you know? Yes. Oh yeah. And I, I went in with the mentality, fortunately of normally I love to take pictures and videos. I'm just that kind of guy that likes to share my experiences. Um, but I said, I'm going to just going to do like two songs. If, if I can get my hands to my wallet to get, or to my pocket to get my phone out. Cause we are so crammed in sure. the crowd. Um, you got to get something to show your point of view, but everything else I just want to take in because this is probably <laughs> not going to happen again mm -hmm. uh, or may not happen again as often. So I did that and it was the best move because it was just great to just be there, be present with the music, be present with how close they were. There was one point that uh, me and one of my rail buddies, because you, you build this rail family, you know, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, that we've had we felt like we we're going through war, you know, uh, with the security and the crowd surfing, but, um, Rob was coming by us and we just, we're like just a few of us that were pointing at Rob trying to get his attention. He looks right at us, points, both fingers, big open mouth. Hey, you know, yeah, yeah, that's cool. and I, I could have passed out, man. That <laughs> could have ended me right there. Wait, you mean the new bass player? Trujillo. Trujillo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That new Trujillo's guy. Trujillo's pretty good. Well, I hope you hope he hopefully bad. he'll last. <laughs> um, well, man, this uh, what I think we should do is uh, I'm just gonna read through the set list because it was super kick ass, and then if the, if there's any you know notable moments you want to discuss briefly, and then uh, we'll do that. But absolutely, man, let's whip, go. Whiplash, ride the lightning, harvester sorrow, cyanide, the memory remains. One now that we're dead, moth into flame, no leaf clover, for whom the bell tolls, whiskey in the jar, fade to black, puppets, encore was battery, fuel and seek, just. A monster set, of course, and no monster. black album tracks once again. Right. A big shout out to Dave Ferraro, whose dream was to never see Nothing Else Matters or Enter Salmon in a set. And <laughs> I, I got it, Dave. I got that one. <laughs> might be the only time. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ecstasy, magic. Mm -hmm. You're just floored. Uh, the They said there's a Whiplash intro. I don't remember it. But on set list, it said it was like the first time ever used or something. Oh, weird. I, um, I mean, I watched I watched it on YouTube and it looked like they just started it, you know? Yeah, it's all I remember. But, yeah. Um, Whiplash, Killer. It's my favorite song off of Kill Em All, so I'm hyped. Awesome. Great, great way to, to kick off a set, um, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. then Ride the Lightning. 
So I have a top 10 bucket list, right? Over this last weekend, Metallica annihilated it. Cool. Which has never happened to me. I was going in thinking, could I get one off my bucket list? I'd be thrilled. But right away, almost right away, Ride the Lightning was one of my bucket list ones. So just mm-hmm. hear them, James and Kirk and those harmonies and the oh, the shredding was just otherworldly to me. So my, already I'm like, ah, at a high level. Yeah. Then, then comes Harvester of Sorrow, right? I This was a high bucket list item. Cool. So like back to back, I'm like, two bucket list songs, man. Harvester is heavy, great pace. I'm just <laughs> being launched into the stratosphere already three songs in. Oh, yeah. I wonder how many people were there that were like casual fans that were so confused when they didn't hear Inner Sandman. <laughs> right? I can't like, Man, this sucks. <laughs> Come here for Inner Sandman. It's the only song I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's that new guy playing bass? Pretty awful. Uh, no, Rob was amazing. He was always his tone. So like the stage sound, I expected to be worse talking to people who were in the crowd. They had a rougher time with the mix. Mm-hmm. My, my experience, it was awesome. It That's was great. full. It was balanced. It was powerful, clear. The guitars were clear. So, you know, the bass is deep. Rob's tone is just, I'm salivating over that, that dirt and that growl. Yeah. He's got a, a really, really deep, deep bass tone for sure. Yeah. Quick note on Harvester. Like one thing that was important for me is back when I was a kid and we we're just starting a band and one of the local bands on San Diego called Deimos. I don't know if you'd heard of them before. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like the guys we looked up to and we wanted to open for them and they played a house party one time and you know, they, they asked me to come up and do guest vocals on Harvester. They were doing a cover because they're big Metallica guys. Too. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have the words memorized. I don't care. Come up here anyway. Okay, I'll do my best. And then I, we got to the part where James, uh, you know, James pauses mm-hmm. and, you know, you've got all have said there. He draws out the all. Right. They stopped, looked at me for that. And I looked at them like, I, what? <laughs> what yeah. am I supposed to do? And then I panicked and froze. And then he, he took over and made it okay. But ever since then, it's been a burr in my saddle. I'm like, I'm never going to miss that live ever. So I made a point at this show. I, I, I got it. Just yeah. a little thing, but it was important to my to, to me, you know. Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. I love they played Cyanide too, man. Uh, yes. You know, we don't regularly get a lot of Death Magnetic love in their set, but yeah, Cyanide's such a fun track. And I'd never gotten it. I've never seen a single song live from uh, death magnetic so i was thrilled it wasn't on my uh top 10 list but it was another song in a row that i've never seen live before this Mm -hmm. is blowing my mind that's cool really cool song i loved it um yeah and then uh memory remains of course great staple great crowd favorite oh yeah sing along great sing along as usual the you know the whole crowd was feeling it Metallica was feeling it. They looked happy, energetic. It was so good to see that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. And so weird to see one so high up in the set list too. Right? But it's such a weird, I mean, it's a weird set list, but I mean, so why not? But but it was nice. Pretty rad. Yeah, it was great right in the middle. I, I enjoyed it. So not much to say there. I mean, one was typical. It was fierce, ferocious, mm-hmm. and beautiful at the same time. Yeah, heck yeah, man. I would say um, somewhere in this set list, I have a cool little anecdote about Lars and Jessica that I noticed on the side stage. Um, it was one of the songs where they have a hang, right? Um, and there, I forget what was going on on the screen or the cubes, video cubes. I look over to the side, Jessica's just hanging out on the side, sitting down, got a face mask on, just jamming along. Uh, Lars goes over there and it's dark, right? No yeah. one's paying attention to them. Lars goes over there. He was just real sweet and affectionate with her. Put his arm around her, gave her a kiss on the head. They chatted a little bit. Um, then he goes up. He looks at the video board like they're getting ready to go into whatever it was. He just puts his hands out, looks up at the video board, just like soaking it in, getting himself pumped up. Yeah. Just like claps his hands, gets back on the kit. I'm like, could I not love Lars anymore? 
I mean, he's, he's. I mean, not only is he always like the biggest fan of Metallica, but you know, after not playing a show of, well, I mean, they, they've done two shows, the club shows, but like not. This is their first like big show back in two years, so all the emotions and adrenaline had been going through those dudes. You could see it, and yeah. you could see the love, and it was just even seeing Kirk like shred solos up close is a little bit different than on video screens because mm-hmm. yeah, you can see him intense and focused, but I felt a little bit more, I guess being in person, like his intensity when he locks in, he's so zoned in, man. Yeah, for sure. It's great. Um, so yeah, with now that we're dead at first, when that came up, I was like, okay, it's not one of, I was kind of surprised. It wasn't like one of the bigger bangers on hardwire, but, when you're in a crowd, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great sing along for sure. It was fun, absolutely. Yep. Um, and then yeah, they went into Moth into Flame, which was a banger and was amazing, and it was cool to have the this dancing flame going across the stage back and forth. Oh, they brought that back. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. Um, I saw them do the, you know, when they did the arena shows mm-hmm. they had the drones and stuff out too which is cool but yeah this is a fun um alternate <laughs> thing to do yeah of course yeah yeah um but then another massive surprise right no leaf freaking clover yeah dude i watched that one this morning too it was a, a awesome performance man what a cool thing to hear that snm intro and mm-hmm. the build-up i'm going what another song i've never seen live another big one that yeah it just did not see coming oh man so just, awesome i'm i could pass out or <laughs> and be happy with what i saw at that point right yeah for sure um but yeah then, then they go from that to bells which you know how could you not love that song yeah you can't can't really go wrong too and then you know and rob is always crushing it on that song too oh and right in front of me too which for me as a bass player was just magic you know? oh yeah killer tone killer energy him and kirk doing their little buddy chase thing. Mm-hmm. right right <laughs> so fun loved it and then yet another mind blower out comes whiskey in the jar yeah that's that was that was almost that might be close to one of the most shocking songs of the set i think for me yeah i mean my guys i'm already beyond satisfied just you're blowing my mind now with all this stuff i've never seen live yeah for sure so great sing-along song great kind of party vibe going on down in the front of the rail (laughs) for sure or party slash uh war zone right (laughs) um and then we got um fade to black yeah that's cool dude that um kirk doing that solo on greenie in Mm -hmm. front of me and nailing it was was surreal that's pretty awesome man yeah and even just seeing greenie in person you know i remember when the one of the shows i saw you know first shows i saw where he played it i was like wow look at that thing that's so cool right it's just something about the tone the way he plays it his emo the motion on his face and right in front of you and it was just one of those moments mm-hmm. like in between waves of crowd surfers, it was like the sea parted for that one. <laughs> yeah, we got, totally. a, we got a reprieve from being kicked in the head um, and and whatnot, and it was just a beautiful moment for yeah, me right there. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah. So yeah, then in, they end the main set with "Master of Puppets," which is one of my all-time favorite songs. If not, of it's that and "Creeping Death" are at the top for me. Yeah. So. Well, and like I said earlier in the in the show, man, uh, this episode is, you know, a set list like this to me goes to show that you could do a set where you, where, where you're, Inner Sandman's not the last song of the whole night, yeah. you know, and people are still going to be stoked, you know. I mean, yeah. So I hope they do this more in the future. Honestly, like I, you know, I mean, I know on the stadium tour you have to play a little bit safer because there's way more people coming to those shows, and you know, you can't do like a deep cut stadium tour. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you can. I just don't know if it'll go well. But, um, but yeah, th- this uh, to me, this set list is proof that they could get a little bit more, um, like loose and stuff, and creative with, with putting these things together and and come up with some cool, unique set lists for future shows. I hope so. Did you see the Instagram from Lars after the show? Mm-hmm. He's talking about 
well, the experiment seemed to go pretty well. Right. So hopefully that's a sign that, like you were saying, that kind of stuff happens more. Yeah, that would be really cool. But, uh, yeah. Um, and then if that wasn't <laughs> enough, the Encore really blew my mind into the stratosphere, you know. Mm-hmm. Battery. I'd never seen it live. Top, one of my top 10 bucket list items. Right. Um, absolutely annihilated our our, our faces. It melted our oh, faces. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's this is the kind night. of song that's meant to do that. Yeah. I feel like, you know, they're the songs that are about the fans kind of like battery and, and maybe whiplash or something like that. This really was a great um, atmosphere for that. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that I was telling myself to uh, like a survival technique to get through the death trap. That is a festival rail. Take this as with all its imperfections. This is a party. This is a wild party mm-hmm. up here. So go with that party vibe. And it was so thrashy and dangerous and people were getting hurt and being taken off in gurneys a couple of times. Um, The WWE security guys were just going bonkers. I'll bet, yeah. It sounded like, you know, the audio at the beginning of one where James is making making noise. Right. Go, 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 go. You know, it sounded like that. You know, hey, there's two. There's two coming. Get down, get down, get down. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow. And meanwhile, Metallica is playing, you know, playing Whiplash yeah. and Battery. And you're like, just pretend you're in Seattle and it's 1989. And this is one of the craziest, fiercest shows you've I know, ever right? seen. <laughs> so that helped get me through and change my perspective to enjoy what it was, mm-hmm. you know. Right, for sure. So Fuel in the Encore, though, was a surprise, but I liked it. You know, yeah. it was still... It wasn't an intro. It wasn't in a rotating slot. It was encore, and that was special. that's cool. It's a good. It's good. Up, good upbeat song, man. Yeah, I got no complaints then, about it being in the, uh, in the in the encore. Yeah, but lastly, to cap to bookend the entire set list with "Kill 'Em All," with "Seek and Destroy," awesome, and always seeing those videos where they close with it. You know, especially the extended version. Right. Yeah, they they go on for a while. I wanted to be part of that and know what it felt like to close a set list like that. And I got it, man. That's cool. Um, super fun. Yeah, it's almost like everything everything happened perfectly for you from the, before you left Dude. until the end of the end of the show. Well, definitely, there's some imperfections with being at the rail, but the perspective shift really helped. Um, having friend, good friends, helped get me through. I mm-hmm. almost bailed in the middle of Avatar. That's how intense it was getting. Oh wow! Pain. It's dangerous. People are getting hurt. I'm like, I don't know if I can make it. I've got four hours to go to see Metallica still. And then, you know, my friends like Angelo and Namarta and so forth were just like, yeah, stick it out. Just imagine it's going to be worth it. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, and it it was, and that helped. But, you know, there's also downside. Like, there's a ton of misogyny still. There was a lot of, like, Woodstock 99 kind of vibes. With, you know, there's a lot of mud and crazy psychotic people um, yeah. that may or may not have been there for Metallica, but had there for crowd surfing. So there's a lot of that. And then I'm listening to guys behind me go, I just want to grab some boobs, man. Or, Ugh. you know, guy so next gross. to It is. And there's a girl, girl coming by and guys taking advantage of slapping their butts. And I'm, you know, feeling helpless because i'm trapped you know and i can't turn around even turn around to give a dirty look or yell at them or nothing because you're trapped yeah um trapped under sweat (laughs) and that's when and that's why those you know assholes like that think they can get away with it because everyone's so cramped in there even if Mm -hmm. like even if the the, the girl turns around and tries to see who it was who you know how i supposed to know who did that you know so yeah i just hate that that shit still goes on and i mean i i've seen it you know i mean you know playing and working for big bands and at being at huge festivals and you know there is a pretty helpless feeling about it especially if you're on stage because if you do see it it's even tough to keep your eye on the person you know right uh, unless they're right up front or something but a lot of that happens way out in the middle we're like you know it's yes. it, it might as well be the middle of the ocean you know it's really exactly. it, it sucks you know i couldn't even see like the face of you know who is doing and saying these things, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really hope that that, that kind of that kind of garbage winds down uh, one of these days, man. It's unfortunately probably won't because people, were, you know, we're human beings and people can just be evil and it sucks. But uh, 
yeah. I did have an interesting story too next to me. I mean, there's a lot of them, but the one that stood out the most is with this girl. I was t- telling everyone there with me, uh, I'm affectionately naming boobs girl because she was absolutely just obsessed with or her, her breast, you know, um, <laughs> I get this. T- she was at the rail with us. Most of the show when she was sober, totally cool person. But as she, the drinking kept going, she, and the more inebriated she was, the more crazy she was getting. And she kept tapping me on the shoulder and going, Hey, Hey, do you want to look at my boobs? And oh I go, um, I'm cool. You know, I'm here to see, you know, Gojira's playing right here. Let's, let's watch that tap again. Hey, Hey, you want to see my boobs? I'm like, Oh my God, I don't, I don't know what to do. I can't move, you know? <laughs> and the guy next to me looks at me and he goes, Hey man, there's some naked boobs behind you, man. Come on. And I'm like, Oh, I'm good. It was that kind of stuff. But she, uh, <laughs> she was getting more and more weird. And that was just like the beginning of it. Like yeah. with me, uh, she just kept talking about like, cause I had one of those state, uh, what do you call them? Festival backpacks that are clear and stuff. Right. On. Yeah. She goes, Hey, can I move your backpack? It's really hurting my implants and just on and on with stuff like that. And that's then so at one point she start. at one point she start. Yeah. You think that's strange. She starts stroking my hair and I'm Fun. more or less trapped. There's not a lot of mood. I can't run away from that. And I'm going, Oh my God, uh, please stop. You know, <laughs> then she starts stroking my arm and it's just getting real weird in there. Fortunately, she didn't last too long into because this was while Metallica was playing the yeah. first few songs. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. I got this. I'm trying to see my. Leave my me alone. I'm only here for one reason. It's not you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fortunately, she left and yeah. it, it was just an absolutely mind blower of a night. Uh, I'm not, not to mention the, the rest of the week and how perfect it was. That's great, know? man. Well, I'm happy to hear it. And, uh, dude, I appreciate you coming on and talking about it you know let everyone know how it was you couldn't for all, all those who could not be there like myself and clint you know had serious fomo but uh we get to hear a firsthand account and we really appreciate it dude so thank you again for doing this man my pleasure thank you so much this was fun to be able to process all this and totally and share it with everyone heck yeah now uh get back to work <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly Hey everyone, Clinton Ethan here, and we want to tell you about a little thing called Patreon. Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a month. Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to SM2 and Slane Castle, all four of our Cover Our World Black and EPs, 26 quarantine covers, and Lunar Satan demos, invitations to exclusive Zoom happy hours, the ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica crew your very own questions, and eligibility for our Metal Tale series where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast and tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to Patreon today and immediately get access to years' worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little, yellow, different. 